Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. It's close to Thanksgiving. I think that you were it's, talking to someone the other day and saying, like, get those IEP requests yes. in. So, like, Thanksgiving is next week, guys, which means you have a couple weeks before winter break. Yep. So, that being said, anything that needs to be done before winter break, because, like, winter break is, like, the unofficial, like, end of the semester. So, if there's anything that you want to check up on, I mean, in the sense of, like, listen, if you're going to have an IEP, they have 30 days to hold it. And you're going to run into winter break. But the biggest thing that, like, I see is where you want to check in on something and you need to take data for that. Take data now. Don't wait until after winter break. Mm -hmm. Because the situation you're going to come back to is you're going to have two weeks, three weeks, four weeks in certain scenarios where the kids are out of school. So like if you're seeing something and you want to make sure that it's the school seeing it as well, do the data now. So if you're going to have an IEP meeting before winter break, say like, hey, we want you to take some data to look at this behavior or look at, you know, task completion, whatever it may be. Like this is the time to go ahead and make sure that gets done. Exactly. And we just want to thank our listeners for your support we have been able to get some really great guests and we try to mix it up as best as we can. And we're really excited about today's guest, Anne Frick. She has a podcast, Walking with Freya. You may have heard us on Mm -hmm. hers, if you listen to hers or if you saw us posting about it. We're so excited to do that. So excited. And, you know, we wanted to have her on to kind of talk about her journey to a podcast, her activism um, that she's kind of, you know, found herself in as well as, and then the conversation obviously went towards like, you have a podcast, like we as a podcast host as well, just start talking about that. But it was a really great conversation. We talked about connecting. Yeah, connecting and how, you know, one of our visions of our podcast, as you guys know, because we, you know, hammer it into your heads every week is, you know, just trying to change the conversation and start the conversation about topics that are either people want to shy away from or are hesitant to talk about and then change that conversation, change the perception that we have about different people. And she kind of has this similar vision about how connection is the best way to advocate. The way we connect with people allows us to give them the empowerment and give them the information, right? We always say it's easier to refer a friend, same way with like if you want to you know, spread knowledge and awareness of something through connections is like the best way to do it. And then like, as all of our conversations end up kind of going on tangents, we start talking about her poetry, which mm-hmm. like is so cool. Well, that She's a true artist in every sense of right. the word and, and just found herself even providing workshops in her little corner of the world. She's very up north and doing these kind of journal workshops for parents because right. maybe you don't need to create a podcast and share your journey. That's totally fine. That's her journey. Right. And it's taken her to some really great places, but she's able to kind of provide that 
spot for people to connect. And that's what we had talked to her about, about our podcast and how, you know, we just wanted to record ourselves and kind of start the conversation. Well, that conversation's been started and we've been able to connect with so many different people. So we hope you guys are enjoying the guests. If not, I guess tell us, but I I feel like we're getting good. I mean, I I feel like we haven't had an episode where it's just us. And if you guys miss us more, which you probably don't because our guests are much better. I know, they're so much Um, better. It helps us. We're a little selfish because we just get to learn so much more. Oh, yeah. We hope um, you guys are learning, too. If you have a topic that you want to learn more about and you know of someone that would be amazing to be a guest or you oh, yourself, yeah, let like, let us know. Yeah. We love it. So we, we hope you enjoy. Yeah, we hope you enjoy. We love and we are so excited for you guys to hear her journey. And thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to be here. So we were on your podcast a couple of weeks ago. Do you kind of want to introduce your podcast and give the listeners a little spiel about yourself? Yeah, sure. So my podcast is Walking with Freya, Journey Through Special Needs Parenting. And yeah, when you guys came on, we discussed the appropriateness of that little tagline there. And But yeah, it's a podcast that I started to kind of tell my own story of raising a daughter with Prader Willi syndrome. And it quickly morphed into having other people come on and tell their own experiences. I have not had a father on yet, which is, I don't know if they're harder to get to really open up about that maybe. But yeah, so I tell my own experiences and I interview other family members, other you know moms and siblings. And then sometimes I have educators or therapists or you know you guys came on so um, yeah it's just hopefully a good resource for the community but also well that's what it started but you know I've been hearing a lot from parents who do not have children with uh, special needs and they're loving the podcast as well so that makes me really happy that it just kind of has a broad audience. Yeah, it's such a good platform because I think one thing that we often find, and not just with social needs parenting, but and not just with parenting in general, but, you know, I think we all walk around this world thinking that our own experiences are so unique and that nobody else could relate. And the reality is that it is such a small world and that there are people out there that are having similar experiences. And as unique as we are and our experiences may seem, you know, there's other people that can relate. And it's really amazing to be able to hear from other people and know and get comfort in you know, not only that there are other people out there, but also to hear the other, on the flip side, the other experiences. I think, you know, we have some friends and family and other people that listen to our podcast too that aren't parents of kids with special needs or even parents that benefit because, you know, a lot of what we talk about with children, it's all about relationship building, which applies to everyone in every aspect of their life. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's, there's such a variety of stories and experiences. And it's really amazing to have these people come on to the show. And, you know, some of them are local. So and I remember this one woman, she I had never met her, I got in touch with her through a friend, and she showed up at my front door. And 30 minutes later, we were on my couch, you know, crying together. <laughs> and just like, yeah. it was so intense. But, you know, re- such a beautiful experience. And uh yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a blessing to, to hear these stories and for them to be able to be out there. And that's the biggest feedback I get is from new parents mm-hmm. or even, you know, some parents that have been at this for a while, but really felt 
alone. Like they, they mm-hmm. don't have a big community mm-hmm. where they are. They don't mm-hmm. know a lot of other families. And so that's kind of the, you know, it's always like, cause you know, as you guys know, like when you do a podcast, it's a lot of work and, you know, it's not like financially rewarding at all. Right, you know? <laughs> like, right. There's no financial compensation. Right. And so I do have my moments sometimes where it's so much work. I'm like, oh God, is anybody listening? Can I mm-hmm. keep doing this? Mm-hmm. And I like those times I always get an email or a message on Instagram, a mom who says, you know, thank you so much. I like, I didn't know what I was going to do. And now I know I'm not alone. And yeah. so. Well, for as much as as people want to say technology is like the death of society and whatnot, you know, it really can bring people together, you know, because it is such a small world. And it's great that we have this modality, not just with social media, but also with this podcast that we can feel like we're, you know, sitting in someone else's living room and, and hanging out with them, even if we're not in close proximity geographically. And I think for a lot of parents, they can sit and listen to you in their car. They can take a moment and have that, you know, private kind of cathartic moment to themselves. And, you know, they can share it with other parents. But I think that there's something to that as well. People just always feel a lot of shame. But when they hear somebody else talking about their journey and the way that, you know, you're very articulate. I know you're a poet and I want to get to that and a writer. But I think the way in which you're able to describe these just very everyday occurrences that, I mean, even if you didn't have a kid, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I feel like that sometimes too. I think it's that connection at the very foundation of what it is to be human and want to connect. You know, we're very social animals. Mm-hmm. I think that that is what you bring with your podcast. And I'm sure that's why so many people can relate. Yeah, well, and that's what I hope to bring. I, mean, I think, you know, especially, you know, one of the downsides of social media is that there's a lot of people can really choose what they put out there. And right. there's a lot of like, yep. you know, glossing over and fine tuning, you know, and all these Instagram posts and things like that. And, you know, I'm a very honest, open person and I do try and I'm also very positive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always try and, you know, end things on a positive note with a positive message, but also really make a point to put it out there those days where it's just really hard and you know phrase having a fit or you know with things like that I really like to be honest about all of that stuff because you know I mean why that's how we get the support we need is you know if we go out there like oh everything's fine I got this you know people are like oh okay that's fine you know they won't think twice yeah they're like oh she's fine it's fine (laughs) yeah So yeah, I always think um, honesty and just really being open and out there. And I realize that not everybody is comfortable with that. And I totally am. So (laughs) it's kind of, yeah, maybe I can be a good mediator between worlds in some way like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, we think about when podcasts have kind of become a different modality similar to what a lot of people who love reading feel, right? Because you can kind of, when you're reading a book, you kind of step into that world. And a Mm -hmm. lot of people love being able to escape in that way. And I think podcasts can kind of create that as well. And so, you know, I think what's so great about your podcast is because you are such a great writer, it's like it kind of embodies that as well. Because a lot of people who are like great writers, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're great with like public speaking and stuff. And podcasts are very similar. So it's the true gift when you're able to really embody it. So did you start out like... I know you're a poet and everything and you've you've done a lot of writing, but, you know, when you were a kid, did you do a lot of, like, poetry? Was that something that you loved to do? 
Yeah, yeah, I'd say I'm the cliche of, uh, you know, as soon as I learned to write, I started writing poetry, you know, like when I was like seven, eight, I was writing poems about my dogs. And uh, so writing has always been such a huge part of my life. And it's just been in the last four years, I guess, that I've really gotten into performance poetry, which is a whole other deal kind of you know it's like taking poetry but then you're adding a whole other element and which I think has definitely helped with you know doing a podcast and Mm -hmm. being able to be on mic and it's just it's a great way to to share poetry because most people honestly aren't going to sit down and read poetry but there are a lot of we just had our monthly poetry night open mic last night and I mean the place was packed packed of people and they love it and it's exciting and it's so powerful and heartfelt and you know when you get into performance poetry like anybody can be there and enjoy it so I think there's something very genuine about being in a room full of people and experiencing something together you know as great as you know, being able to watch a concert on YouTube and go to the movies, you know, I think that's why there's still Broadway, right? Um, There's something about Mm -hmm. feeling the music, feeling the performance Mm -hmm. that completely gets lost as it's translated from the camera to your computer, right? Like, you just... I know plenty of people love going to concerts because there's just an energy to it. So it does not surprise me that that was a packed house for the performance mm-hmm. poetry. Not only does it kind of get you out of the house, like I said, you feel that energy. And there's something very electric about that that I don't think it will ever go away. Mm-hmm. Live performances of anything. Yeah. But that's really cool. So you just started that in the last four years, you said? Yeah, about four years ago, I think I started going and I've definitely been, uh, you know, honing that craft. And I actually have a new poetry book that's coming out. So I have my own kind of solo performance coming up soon. And I just love it. And yeah, absolutely. The the energy in the room and, you know, it's so beautiful about that. It's like when people get up and perform poetry, like I know some of these people I know like their deepest, darkest secrets, you know, mm-hmm. like when it comes, when they're doing a poem, they go really deep and get really personal. And then, you know, that's the only time you see them in the store and you're like, Hey, you know, <laughs> like it's just yeah. interesting. Like the respect yeah. that's there and just how deep it goes. And I wanted to say, you know, Freya had a speech therapist and when she was like three, and I invited her to come to poetry night. And, you know, she eventually showed up at one of them. And it happened to be when I performed a poem, the first poem I ever wrote about my experience of being a mother to a child with special needs. And I came down off the stage. She walked up to me and she hugged me and she was crying. And she said that was so powerful. And the next day at speech, I took Freya in for speech and this woman said, you know, because of that poem, I have totally reoriented how I look at my job. Wow. Mm. Yeah, because, and which was, you know, as a poet, I was like, oh, my, that's like the best compliment ever. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it was just- Yeah, you made her feel. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's such a great, and I mean, I'm sure that a lot of people, not only listening to your podcast, but also listening to your poetry and everything can be really inspired, not only by your words, but by the fact that you are an amazing mother to Freya and you've done so much for her, but you are still a human and you're showing that. You're still showing what it is that you love to do and your talents above and beyond just being a mother. And I think that that 
you know, me not being a parent myself yet, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to relate, but I see all my friends and family go through it. And I think it's really easy for our clients as well. It's easy to get lost in being a mom and losing sight of who you are individually. And I think (laughs) the fact that you've been able to still hone in on what makes you, you and special and what your talents are, and the fact that you've been able to integrate it into your, I think, into you being a mom, I think is really great and inspiring. And I think that's probably what I think draws a lot of people to your podcast too. Yeah. Well, thank you. (laughs) You know, there was a a period of time where I I didn't write, you know, years, I think actually Mm -hmm. that I really wasn't doing a lot of writing and they were, you know, it was fun, but I was definitely missing it. And, you know, kind of when I came back to writing afterwards, it happened a few times. I think it kind of happened after each time I had a child, I have three Mm -hmm. daughters and and after each one, you get so wrapped up into babiness and all of that stuff. And so I didn't write. And, you know, with my first, especially I had like postpartum depression and anxiety, but I didn't really realize that until like she was 18 months and I started writing again Mm -hmm. for the first time and really got kind of pulled out of it. And I was able to look back and say, oh, wow, you know, that was intense. And so I've had a few periods of like that in my life. When I came back to poetry and got into performance poetry, I actually got a tattoo on my arm of a, a quill to re- always remind me to just keep writing. So Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's so hard to get lost. And it's so nice to be able to pick up something that is helps with that process that it's very cathartic to write and I think that you know having your podcast is cathartic as well and and it's kind of neat I mean it's interesting the where our conversation is going we very rarely have had other podcasts like I think you're our first like you have a podcast so we're like talking to you about the mechanics of like a podcast but what we enjoy about it is we get to talk to these people that help us know so many different things that we kind of knew, but like, obviously we know the law, but right. just like, right. <laughs> we we're really getting into brain plasticity and like the brain is plastic. And so then we, we went down this rabbit hole of having all these guests that have just, you know, and it all stems from that. But when we can kind of see, you know, those moments of, okay, how is meditation being applied in schools or how could it be used, right? And like the mindfulness, Mm -hmm. you know, how are we dealing with children with trauma? And we're just like able to surround ourselves with these experts. And that was our whole point was to start the conversation. Amanda and I can start any conversation, we really can, (laughs) you know, but we're used to ending the conversation as attorneys, right? Like blah, 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 we win, right? And that's how attorneys are. And so what's been nice about the podcast is, really being able to explore a lot of different avenues and and where and we say it all the time we're not experts by any means but if we can start thinking about goals differently if we can start thinking about how we approach ourselves in an IEP meeting with others to try to get them to be more cooperative which is something we've always been but like right. just different ways of yeah. how we can do it and it's really the, opened up so many yeah. doors and even like the bigger picture right yes. and I yeah. think that's one thing that you've been able to really demonstrate and with I think podcasts in general right you can relate to people and you hear other people's stories and it really shines a light on what's the bigger picture here you know we get so lost in the minutiae and all the little details that it's easy to forget about the bigger picture yeah yeah and especially when you have a kid in school and you know you get so wrapped up in you know the bureaucracy of it and you know it's nice to just kind of get down to like the the meat of it, the emotional side of it. And 
just kind of how it began. And, you know, one of the things that I really try and do, and actually to go along with the writing thing, I have a writing journal that I made and um, I'm just waiting. I actually just applied for a grant. So hopefully, but I made a writing journal for parents and caregivers of children with special needs. And so the whole point is broken down into sections of like, you know, the beginning, the diagnosis, Mm -hmm. peers, Mm -hmm. relationships. And for each one, I share a piece of my own writing that I've done. But then then there's a series of writing prompts after that. And so the, the intention is that You know, I believe so strongly in telling our story Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. power that comes from that and, you know, that what we learn from that and also sharing it. But not everybody's comfortable sharing with it, sharing their story. And that's right. But even just putting it from, you know, pen to paper, from your mind onto the paper is a form Mm -hmm. of sharing and and nobody ever has to see it. But I think that that in and of itself, because I mean, so many, I was just talking to a mom last night and just she was going through something with her child in an emergency situation and you know she her piece of advice okay go take a shower you know take a warm bath just relax and I was like and you need to remember to do that as well like you need to give yourself a moment because you are in this heightened state Mm -hmm. and I think this journal and I'll, I'll let you finish but that is just and I get it. Some parents are probably like, I don't have time to do that. And you know what? People ask us all the time, how do you guys have time for a podcast? And we have to schedule it. And even if you're writing for five minutes, you're dropping off your son at school, you're waiting in that long line to drop off because that's just how it is. You have five minutes to write or at least to think about what the prompt is or something like that. Like start small, you know, Mm -hmm. but anyway, sorry. So I love the topic. You you make time for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what I explained in the beginning is kind of tips for how to get a journal practice started and I think it's so important because I learned that you know like you're saying this mom in this emergency situation and when is she going to have time to process that and she did not and, and she, so that yeah like that carries on and you know like there's so many times that I just like I just I tear up or I start crying and you know like for me that's a sign of okay like something's in there something's mm-hmm. really deep and mm-hmm. you know being a poet and, and writing myself, I've learned like there's so much that we cover up and we push down. We have to just keep going. And it's really important to go back and really kind of address some of these things. Otherwise, they just kind of eat away yes. at you. So. Yes. I mean, the stress is a big killer for people. And I've been looking at a lot of stuff about gut health and how, you know, a uh-huh. lot of people carry their stress in their gut. And like, it's all connected. Right. Like the mental health is connected to your physical health is connected to the community health is connected to the world like it just really is and I think you know on whatever side that you're on politically I think it's pretty apparent what side we're on I just feel like we're in this heightened space and like I said it applies to everyone everybody is just on the edge of their seat all the time and it's just like mm-hmm. somebody needs to pull me back well there's so many like methods of getting information nowadays that it can be that overload of you know 20 years ago you had your newspaper ignorance is bliss yeah i mean (laughs) you got your newspaper people read the newspaper and that's how they got the news and maybe in the evening they watched the The news news, and so that was the and i'm saying 20 years it was probably like 40 years ago we had the internet 20 years ago but anyway (laughs) so you have your morning you get a little bit of the news and in the evening you get a little bit of the news but in the middle of the day you probably aren't getting a lot of the news and now 
We're getting it Facebook, all day Instagram, your uh, CNN update, your phone, the Skywriter. It's like yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I have a New York Times app, and sometimes I wish I didn't because I'll just be hanging out, and then my phone dings, and I look, yeah. and it's some yeah. horror story. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're in a waiting room at the no, doctor's, no. and you're on your phone, no. and then all of a sudden you're looking through all this. It's like you know what? Turn the notification off. You're in control. When you go in and open <laughs> it, then you will. You know, you're in a state of I'm ready to read this article, but like I had to turn off a bunch of my notifications and even some of the podcasts that I was listening to I was just like why am I hyperventilating on my way home oh maybe I should not listen to this on my way home maybe I should try to decompress <laughs> well I've it. started to have to like regulate myself as well because I listen to some political podcasts and I listen to some like true crime podcasts and I've realized that there's like certain times in the day mm-hmm. where I'm like no I'm not going to listen to this mm-hmm. I'm going to put on music instead mm-hmm. because like this is my time where I need to regulate myself mm-hmm. and I've had to like like monitor that because yeah. otherwise I'm just going to be heightened in that all yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. The poetry book that's coming out is all of my poems that I've written since uh, the last presidential election. So oh. there's a lot of anger. I love it. What is the <laughs> title of that? It's called One Mother's Revolution. Ooh. But that and, probably uh, like that's your way of getting this out, right? We all have yeah. to have our output. You know, we talk with kids like how they need like oh, I always talk when I try to explain to a parent who is not understanding as much like sensory regulation and I say like, "Hey, you know, when I'm frustrated or anxious, like I might go to the gym or go for a run or I'm going to open a bottle of wine. We all have our vices, the things that how we get it out." Right? Because if we don't get it out, then we're going to explode. Kids don't have that ability. So, like, even though it might be full of anger, you're like, that's your modality. That's your way you're getting it out and you're regulating yourself. Yeah, it feels good. I mean, yeah. It's so good to get it out. But yeah. I mean, it's important to find that way. I mean, I've never been a fan of of writing. That, to me, was always, like, in school, a cause for anxiety, which is crazy that I'm an attorney because that's all I do now is write. (laughs) But I think a a big part of it was, you know, the difficulties I had with learning, you know, how to do it within the mode that, you know, you're required to in school. And, you know, now it's not – but I still, like, I've tried to do, like, journaling and stuff for me, and it – for me, it causes more like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm going to write, but I have my own things that I do to be able to get out, right. you know, my way and, you know, talking to friends or loved ones. For me, talking it out has been more of a, a way that I've realized that that's how I get it out. Because for me, writing, like, because everyone has their own mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, running gives me anxiety. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Well, and so is the book already out? Your book poetry of poetry. Book? Yeah, yeah, sorry, your book of poetry. Yeah, I mean, it's self-published, and so I didn't even go through Amazon because I wanted to, you know, it's my own, yeah, you know, it's my own little political statement, but I did it through a company called Lulu. So I have the copy, so I'm just going to sell them locally. Nice. I don't, but I mean, if anybody is by chance uh, interested. Well, yeah, we'd love what, to read it. I know, that's why I was like, yeah, where do I buy this is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I just, through me, I send you a copy. Excellent. So. Yeah, I'm so interested. I yeah, I yeah, sure. we have a lot of anger too. Actually, that's probably I think yeah, we've had this podcast for two years now. That was the catalyst. We've yeah. we been talking about yeah. podcasts for a long time, and, and that really uh, pushed you to it because you were like, wow, we yeah, have to be yeah. like, voices this, out here. Yeah, well, this conversation this, needs to turn yeah, around right well, now. And, and <laughs> yeah. one thing that angered us so much is that you know we live in this world where education is you know we eat, sleep, breathe 
everything education, right? And it's something that we think is one of the most important things that we should be in this country caring about is our education of our children, because that's how society grows and they're going to be taking care of us and running this country one day. So why aren't we? And, And that's not the feeling of most people. But it's not that people don't care about education. It's just there's so many misperceptions about it. Mm -hmm. And so that was to us, like, we go through political cycles where we don't see a single candidate talking about education Mm -hmm. and infuriates us because it's like, this is important. And so we just realized we're like, well, why is it that candidates don't talk about it? Well, candidates talk about it because people don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So we need to talk about it. Well, and we're so willing to just, you know, it's like we think it's all taken care of. Well, the government's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's public education. It's Mm -hmm. taken care of. It's fine. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my daughters go to a Waldorf-inspired school. I'm homeschooled before I had to take kids to homeschool. And, um, you know, I think there's so much about our education system that requires an overhaul. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is sad that it's not a huge topic of conversation and that so many kids are getting... Just, I mean, I don't even know getting at school these days, really. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it really is one of those things where the longer that we are attorneys in this area and doing this podcast because we get to surround ourselves with so many different people that with so many great ideas that we just think we need to start over with education. Like we are literally doing the same thing. And we've said this time and time again, it's reading, writing and arithmetic. It's from the fifties and it needs to really stop. Like it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, the history that's taught, like, I mean, how, Oh yeah. 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 That's just the the social aspect of it. I mean, all of it. You know, I'm actually, my next podcast episode that was supposed to come out Wednesday, but it is taking me so much longer because it's a new kind of episode. And I had this idea, I was reading to my friends about Helen Keller, and I was thinking about other podcasts I'd listened to that really went deep into Helen Keller's life. And and I thought, well, I should, what if I do that periodically, you know, put an episode out that is someone who, you know, had some form of disability or something and still like just a powerhouse in their life. So for some reason, we ended up starting with Dr. Montessori. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And I had no idea that her whole, the foundation of her in education was working with intellectual disabilities. That's where like it all comes uh, from. I did, I did not, did not know, know that. that either. Yeah, and that is it a brilliant idea. Like... Yeah, no, that's a brilliant idea to do episodes every now and again like that because this is what happens. Somebody has an idea and they're able to implement it and then, you know, sometimes other people want to mimic it, but then they change it. And then the next person changes it and then you just get this whole complete different thing that if I am right. thinking Montessori, I am not thinking that it's supposed to no. be helping children. Like, we've seen some of those Montessori schools. And, yeah, that's so interesting. And I think getting mm-hmm. back to basics and getting back to – that's why I think we should just start all over. Because the basics in which we are functioning and going forward with our education for our youth is – just rooted right. in things that we do not and should not be teaching and the well, way yeah, we're teaching I mean, even it. looking at the big picture right. of, you know, the foundation of the education system is really geared towards all the same, this right. cookie cutter uh-huh. yes. machine rather than individuality and inclusivity and 
that's how we mm-hmm. should be looking at it. And so it's like, if the starting point wasn't at the right place, then everything following it isn't right. going to be. So, yeah, I mean. Well, even discipline, right? It's just like we've gone from, you know, nuns in private schools, you know, smacking you with a ruler to like, oh, well, I'm just going to, you know, try to punish your kid by not giving him recess and it's like recess is the one thing that he needs right. to get all <laughs> right. of his stuff out and so then we're losing this sense of community where it's just like you know the school teachers the principal they're supposed to be part of your village that's helping to raise this child it, it shouldn't be individualized right. and I think that that's what at the end of the day, what you do is as a connector, right, is that you're showing people in the families that you speak to and the parents of those children that are, are neurotypical or not neurotypical, that we are all in this together in some way, shape or form. And being able to give them a coping mechanism through writing, I think is amazing, because you could just have the podcast, you could just write for yourself. But you're taking it a step further and really reaching an audience that needs that support and I find Mm -hmm. that just truly inspiring I love it yeah good well thank you yeah my plan is to also take it even further and do workshops I've done one workshop along these lines and because I think that to people you know these parents being able to share it on the first workshop there were like there were six of us but some of the things I learned that workshop. One of the most amazing things I've heard, and I think you guys love this, was a mom that her daughter is, you know, like 20 something. And and I asked the, the writing prompt was something like, what is one thing that changed drastically in your life when you got a diagnosis or w- with the birth of your child? And, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, I expected it. It was maybe, you know, I thought it was going to be a lot of like the painful side of it. Because I was, my intention was like to work through some negative emotions. And this mom of an older child, she, after writing, she spoke up and she said, I found my voice. Oh. The birth of a child, I found my voice. And she's a huge advocate for a daughter. She's done a lot of, you know, work learning, you know, IEPs and all that stuff back in the day when like there was even less information. And so I just, when she said that, we were all just like, oh, wow, God, (laughs) you know, just so for all of us to be able to sit there and hear that. You know, so I think the writing journal, yes, but then I also really want to expand that to workshops and to be able to get parents together, having these conversations and really inspiring each other and, you know, creating this community that we all need, but it's hard to create sometimes. So definitely, definitely. So how can people, I think if they're in NorCal, right, how can they find you if they want to connect and maybe go to one of the workshops when you have it? Can they just reach you through your website, Facebook? What's the best way? Yeah, so the email I use for the podcast is walkingwithrea at gmail.com. So just the name of the podcast. I also have a website, com and E-F-R-I-C-K-E. So, and that's where the podcast is hosted. So the podcast is there, but there's also some of my writing and you can get in touch with me that way as well. And then... Yeah, and do Instagram walking with Freya. So very cool. There's a private Facebook group for the podcast. It's walking with Freya. There's like the public page, but then there's a private group where people want to get in and you know, like have more personal conversations. I'm not a very good facilitator. <laughs> I really so I don't you know 
But you know what? You're creating a community and it will grow in and of itself. Because, yeah, we have something similar to where it's hard because, you know, we're attorneys as well. And so then it's like a lot of times people want to give it or want advice and like we can't necessarily do that. But (laughs) it's grown and people talk to each other. and, And that was the point of it was that, you know, yeah, we wanted to create that space for people to be able to share and grow together. And so it sounds like you're doing something similar, which we love yeah. the sense of community yeah. that you bring forward. Yeah. So to our listeners, go subscribe. Yeah. Go hit <laughs> to yeah. the podcast. Exactly. Walking with Freya. Well, thank you so yeah. much for being on. We really appreciate it. It's always great talking with you. It was so much fun when we were on your podcast. So this was great. Yeah. If you guys don't get enough of us, you can go, you know, start with listening to us on her podcast, but then <laughs> go back to the beginning because you just share so many amazing stories and, and you're just so authentic and sometimes that is hard in this instagram you know the unicorn mom if you will (laughs) era so thank you so much and we'll talk to you guys later bye Bye.